Welcome to the Law and Legal System podcast with me, George Dodds. In this episode, I'll be P4, outlining the rights of the defendant to legal representation and bail. P5, describing how the criminal trial process works for both a summary and indictable offence. M2, comparing the trial process in the magistrate court and crown court using a summary, either way, and indictable offence. P6, outlining the powers of the courts in sentencing offenders using one example of a summary offence and one indictable offence and M3, explaining the grounds for appeal from the Magistrate Court and the Crown Court in England and Wales. P4. Bail is when you are released from police custody after you have been charged with an offence until the next stage of the process of your case when you have to return to the police station. In the UK, we have the Bail Act 1976 and the Criminal Justice Act 2003, which covers the rights of the defendant to legal representation and bail. If you have been arrested by the police, you may have the right to pre-charge bail when a police investigation is ongoing and there is not yet enough evidence to make a charge against the suspect. But again, you will be instructed to return to the police station at a later date. You may also have the right to post-charge bail when the suspect has been charged with an offence and is then instructed to appear in court at a later date. The right to bail is that a defendant has to be released from custody if the time limit for the defendant to be charged has expired. You may be given conditions on your bail, which is called conditional bail, such as having to surrender your passport, reporting to the police station at regular intervals, or curfews. Unconditional bail is when you are granted bail without any conditions attached. There are a few circumstances where bail is not granted. These are for serious crimes such as, for example, murder, manslaughter and serious sexual offences, or Class A drug users in designated areas only. Bail may also not be granted if the police have reason to believe that there is doubt about the defendant's name and address, that the person may try and interfere with witnesses and evidence, if the suspect may require custody as a form of protection or to protect someone else, if the police are doubtful that the suspect will attend court if released on bail, and if the police think you may commit further crimes whilst on bail. If you are in breach of bail, such as breaching your bail conditions by, for example, failing to report to the police station, the court then has to reach a decision on whether or not to remand the defendant into custody or to grant them bail again with new conditions attached. However, there is no official punishment that could be given to someone for breaching bail. The right to liberty under the Human Rights Act states that everyone has the right to liberty and security. However, this does not mean that everyone has the right to freedom. Article 5 of the Act states that the only time that someone is deprived of their liberty is during the lawful detention of a person after conviction, during the lawful arrest or detention of a person for either not abiding by a lawful order of a court, during the lawful arrest or detention when bringing a defendant to court, during the lawful arrest or detention of a person trying to enter the country illegally, during the lawful detention of a person to prevent the spread of disease or infection, or if they are of an unsound mind, or to arrest an alcoholic or drug addict as a vagrant, during the detention of a minor for the purpose of educational supervision, or to bring them to court for an offence. If you were arrested, you have the legal right to get free legal advice, tell someone where you are, have medical help if you're feeling ill, see the rules the police must follow, and see a written notice telling you about your rights, for example, regular breaks for food, and to use a toilet or an interpreter to explain the notice. 
Duty solicitors are solicitors whose free services are available to a person who is suspected or charged with a criminal offence. Under the Human Rights Act, you are entitled to a fair trial. The principles of fairness include a fair and public hearing, publicly pronounced judgment, to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, need to be clearly informed of the accusation against them, the defendant should be allowed adequate time and facilities to prepare their defence, entitled to a defence, either by themselves or by using a defence team. If they cannot afford this, they are entitled to free legal representation. The right to examine and cross-examine witnesses involved in the case and a free court interpreter if they cannot speak the language used in court. If you can't afford a solicitor, then you may be entitled to legal aid. This can come in the form of public funds to help pay for legal advice and or proceeding for the defendant. Summary offences are generally considered to be less serious crimes and could be punishable by a maximum prison sentence of six months and or a £5,000 fine. All summary offences are dealt with in the magistrate's court. Common examples of summary offences include minor assaults, driving when uninsured, indecent exposure, assaulting a police officer and taking without owner's consent. Indictable offences are generally the most serious offences that can be committed and consequently can be punishable by any penalty set by law. For example, life imprisonment for the most serious of offences. These cases all first appear in the magistrate's court but are then automatically sent for trial in the Crown Court. Examples of indictable offences involve murder, manslaughter, rape, blackmail and aggravated burglary. Tribal either way offences are offences that are considered to be not as serious as indictable offences but more serious than summary offences. Therefore, these offences can be tried in either a magistrate's court or a crown court. The deciding factors of which court the case is heard in depends on what the prosecution deems to be most appropriate, what the defendant wishes and the nature of the case. For example, theft is a tribal or either way offence but the value of what was stolen would be the nature of the case factor in deciding which court the defendant was tried. Further examples of these middle range offences would include indecent assault, making off without payment, obtaining services by deception, going equipped for theft, handling stolen goods and possession of controlled drugs. M2. There are similarities and differences between the trial process in the magistrate's court and the crown court in terms of the trial process. The Magistrates' Court initially deals with all categories of criminal offences, summary, tribal either way and indictable offences. Because the Magistrates' Court deals with nearly all criminal cases, over 90% of all cases are completed there. However, whilst all cases start in the Magistrates' Court, indictable offences will never be completed in this court because these cases have to be sent to the Crown Court. Another of the similarities between the processes of the two courts is that both courts ask defendants to enter a plea. If the defendant pleads guilty for a summary offence or a less serious tribal either way offence, the magistrate can then impose a sentence. If the defendant pleads guilty for an indictable offence in the Crown Court, then there is no longer a need for a jury to determine whether or not the defendant is guilty, and the judge can just sentence the offender accordingly. A further similarity is that you have the power to appeal your sentence from both courts. If you appeal against your sentence from a magistrate's court, you can then have a retrial in the Crown Court. And if you appeal your sentence from the Crown Court, you can then have your case re-examined again by the Court of Appeal. 
a difference between the magistrate's court and the Crown Court is what sentences they can pass. The magistrate's court is capped on how severe the sentences are that are passed through this court. The maximum sentences that can be passed cannot exceed either or both a six-month prison sentence and a £5,000 fine. Whereas, because the Crown Court does not deal with the less serious offences, they have the power to pass much more punishing sentences where appropriate, this can involve life imprisonment sentences. A further difference between the two courts is that you don't find juries in the Magistrates Court, whereas you do in the Crown Court. In the Magistrates Court, summary offences are dealt with without the use of a trial by jury and instead by a district judge. If an either way offence is deemed to not be serious enough to be heard in a Crown Court, then this case will also be dealt with by a district judge as well. However, if the case is classed to be a more serious tribal either way offence or an indictable offence, these cases are sent to the Crown Court to be tried in front of a judge and jury. The final difference is that the Crown Court is a single entity. This means that the Crown Court deals with a single department of sentencing, which is dealing with the most serious crimes, whereas the Magistrates Court has involvement with all categories of offence, summary, either way, and indictable offences. The Crown Court only deals with the most serious crimes. P6. Magistrates' courts can sentence a defendant who is being tried for either a summary offence or a less serious trouble either way offence. The Magistrates' court is capped on how severe the sentences are that are passed through this court. The maximum sentence that could be passed cannot exceed either or both a six-month prison sentence and a £5,000 fine. However, to ensure that the court's sentencing is consistent across the country, magistrates must follow guidelines provided by the Sentencing Guidelines Council. Offences are split into five levels that represent their severity and magistrates must not exceed the maximum levels depending on the severity of the, of the offence. For example, one of the more serious summary offences would be the assault of a police officer. This would usually result in a level 5 punishment. A committal from a magistrate is when the magistrate feels that the offence committed requires a larger punishment than the magistrate can pass. To solve this, a magistrate can then send the offender to the Crown Court where more severe punishments can be passed. This is known as a committal for sentencing. In a Crown Court, you can be sentenced to much more serious punishments, but this is because the Crown Court deals with the most serious of offences. However, the Crown Courts are still subject to guidance from the Sentencing Guidelines Council. All sentences have a maximum penalty set out by law but some offences also have a minimum sentence. For example, for an indictable offence such as murder, a judge is left with no choice but to give a life sentence to someone found guilty of murder. Types of penalties that a Crown Court judge can pass include fines, community sentences, custody and suspended sentences. M3. If you feel you have not been tried fairly or you did not get the result you wanted, you may be able to appeal the decision. Appeals from magistrates' courts to the Crown Court is when the defendant has received a sentence or conviction from the magistrates' court that they deem unjust and so want to have their case re-examined by a higher court, which would be the Crown Court. If the defendant pleaded not guilty before their hearing in the magistrates' court, they have the power to appeal both their conviction and sentence, whereas if the defendant pleaded guilty before the trial, they can only appeal the sentence. The Queen's Bench Divisional Court handles disputes relating to personal injury, negligence, breach of contracts, breach of statutory duties, 
breach of the Human Rights Act, libel, slander and other torts, non-payment of a debt and enforcement orders. An appeal to the Queen's Bench Divisional Court is when a defendant or prosecutor has an issue with the judgment made on one of these disputes. A further appeal to the Supreme Court happens when a defendant appeals a judgment given by the Court of Appeal in the Civil or Criminal Division and sometimes the High Court. Appeals from the Crown Court by the defendant can be made by asking for permission to appeal. To do this, you have to first apply for permission to appeal and then a judge will review your application and make a decision on whether or not to grant you your appeal. If permission is granted, you will have your appeal heard in the Court of Appeal but if permission is denied, you'll receive a letter which explains how the judge came to the decision. Leave to appeal is what happens when the court has permitted you to appeal or challenge the decision made against you. Court of Appeal's powers are that the judge can give the defendant permission to appeal, reverse the decision of the judge that the appeal is expedited, reverse the conviction of the defendant and release them from custody, and order payment of costs where the prosecution has served a notice of abandonment. Appeals by the prosecution happen when the prosecution is not happy with the conviction or sentence given to the defendant. This usually happens when the prosecution believes that the offence requires a larger punishment than what was given.